first time I was aware of um, the lifeboat station was when I was very young and I saw a boat in trouble off the seafront and I remember a gang of us ringing 999 to say that there was a boat in difficulty. I think probably it was only the sun shining off his windscreen and we thought he was flashing at us. Anyway, um, that was my first introduction to the lifeboat. And then later when I was about 12, my sister met her uh, future husband who was on the crew um, and basically I thought I was on the crew at that age as well and used to follow him everywhere down the lifeboat station so I was probably making a right nuisance of myself but um, yeah, I just used to hang around there all the time. I wanted to volunteer because basically when I was that age it was the excitement of it all you know we used to have um, maroons used to go off in a day not pages and everybody in the town used to know that the lifeboat was going to be launched and um, rushed down to the station and it was all great excitement you know um, and I think that was it it was the adrenaline rush and just being with everybody and then um, later on then realizing that actually we were there to help people um you, you know and, and i think that was why i wanted to join when i actually got on the crew which was a very very long journey it took me a long time to to be accepted there and i think i knew all the boys i knew everything that was going on um i'd come through the d class then we had a 75 uh, then we had an 85 and then, yeah, I, eventually I passed out as helm. But it, it, it was just absolutely brilliant, you know. I was the first helm in Puth, female helm in Puth Call, and, and, and that was great. And there were, obviously there was a lot of publicity around that. You know, I was just so pleased that I actually made helm, you know. I, I felt it was a, a great achievement um, for me personally. My brother-in-law is on the crew, um, and he's the actual uh, lifeboat um, operations manager now. He and my sister are no longer together, but we've always had a, a good relationship. All our family are there, um, as most lifeboat stations are, I think. Um, so my brother-in-law is still there. Uh, my husband is there. I'm there. My two nephews and my son. Um, my daughter was on the crew for two years until she left to go to university, and now she's uh, working as a scientist in Cambridge. So, um, so yeah, it's been a huge journey um, with the family as well. When you get the RNLI bug, that's it. It's, it's, I think it's in you for life. Um, and it's been part of my life since I was 12 and I'm nearly 60 now. So um, yeah, I, ca I can't imagine never being part of the station, but obviously that will happen one day because I'm going to get too old. When I got my medal back in 2004, totally unexpected, it was um, an August day, August the 24th, 2004. The weather was not unsimilar to what it is now. It was windy and rainy and it was horrible, not a typical August day. Um, we have um, a, well, a paddle steamer called um, the Waverley and we had the Balmoral as well. The Balmoral was going to Ilfracombe for the day and my family were over in Ilfracombe and I was down the station dropping my father off and he was going to go across on the Balmoral. Unfortunately, it was cancelled because it was too rough. We watched the Balmoral go um, up the channel. Normally it would just cross to the banks, um, but it was too rough and it went around the boys. So we thought, oh, that was a bit unusual. Anyway, I dropped my father off um, home um, and I could hear on our VHF radio, which we have in the house, um, a local fishing boat um, shouting down the radio that he needed assistance. 
I knew who it was. Um, so I went straight down the station. Um, I don't know if it's the same with most stations, but it's with us. It was the first helm through the door is the helm and then you await your crew. So obviously I'd had um, prior warning. Uh, I was the first helm there. Um, and then the pages went off. Uh, we had a really good crew, experienced crew. Um, and we had a chat about the shout. We knew that it was a fishing boat that um, had suffered engine failure and was drifting onto the notorious uh, Nash Sands. It was pretty rough where we were at Puthcall. Um, and then we had to make our way up the channel um, towards Nash. Again, we couldn't cross the bank. Um, it was too rough for us. Um, normally on a calm day you could cross at high water and it would be fine but we, we couldn't risk going across it the the conditions the waves were too big we had a chat with the crew um it wasn't solely my decision we all discussed it together um what's the best course of action and we decided to go around the uh, nash boy which we did um we could see the gower pride and he was drifting onto the bank it was a bit hairy once we passed the um nash boy but we actually got to Gower Pride. At that point, it was impossible for us to get a crew, a crew person on board. Uh, so we just threw uh, a line to him. He scrambled up on his bow, holding on. Uh, his crewman hadn't been injured. He'd, um, we think he had a suspected broken arm, which we would like to have done some first aid on, but obviously we couldn't get anybody across at that point. He tied the line on, we thought, but it, to be fair to him, it was really tricky being up at that bow. Um, we thought the line was secured. We managed to tow him for a little bit and then the line parted. You know, he was a bit scared anyway with the conditions and to be fair, he'd had a, a bit of a fright. Uh, so we went back around again and I decided at this point I would try and get um, somebody on board to help them. Um, they were exhausted and, and needed help. So we went alongside. Unfortunately, it was pitching and rolling and uh, one of the dam boys hit one of our crew, but he was, he was fine. And then um, Simon Ems then managed to leap across with the first aid bag and um, managed to get on there. Uh, firstly, securing the line again, and we were able to slowly tow him away then. And Simon stayed on the boat and treated the guy for um, his injuries to his arm. Um, and then basically we towed him along the bank uh, very slowly. Mumbles met us then, the Mumbles lifeboat met us and took over the tow. And then we slowly made our way back to Pothcall then, where he was safely put in our harbour. We knew it was a good shout and we knew we'd got him back safely. Um, but you, you don't think, you just think, oh great, you know, nobody was hurt. He's safe, his boat was okay and everything went great. And, and then you move on and you think, yeah, it was, a, it was a great shout. But then it wasn't until much later on, um, a couple of months later, that we knew that we were, um, or I knew that I was going to get awarded the bronze medal. Uh, we were all called to the station, so we knew something was up. I, I was a, um, away in Newport working at the time um, on a course for school, and I was getting lots of phone calls that week, and I, I didn't quite know what was going on. Anyway, I went down the station, and then it was announced then. I, I was totally shocked. It's a shame that the rest of the crew didn't get a medal with me. I wish they had because it's not it's not me on my own. I didn't do that on my own. I did it as a crew. We did it as a crew. Um, so I was disappointed that they didn't get a medal, but on the other hand, really proud um, that I had got mine.
to me, the RNLI means everything. Um, it's been part of me the whole of my adult life. I'm part of my young life as well. Um, and I just can't imagine life without it. I'm sure it'll always be part of my life um, one way or another uh, and part of my family's life as well. And hopefully if I have grandchildren that they'll be on the crew too. So yeah, it, it's, it's huge. I, I just love being part of it. If I saw myself now at the age of 12 on the beach, I'd say, you've got a long road ahead of you, but keep going, you'll get there in the end. And anybody that's hanging around the station, we encourage them in and show them around. And we've got a lad that comes down every summer and he, he's down for about three weeks and he spends every day at the station. He just keeps on going. Unfortunately, he lives inland, so he's not gonna be able to get on the crew, but he, we know that he's going to support us every way that he can from wherever he is but it's lovely to see him and he comes around the station and we've got um, visitor officers that take children around and show them um, and I would just say keep going you will get there and hopefully things have changed so it's much easier to get in and we've got loads of female crews in, uh, crew in Puthcall now and there's more and more joining us so keep at it. Hello, it's Phil Coulter here. You've been listening to part of the RNLI's 200 Voices collection. To hear more remarkable stories, head to rnli.org 200 Voices or subscribe to the RNLI wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Two Hundred Voices is an adventurous audio limited production for the RNLI.